escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's Word. Well, today I'm concluding uh, the messages I've been preaching uh, in the last few uh, weeks on what God is doing in our lives. We started with God has a place for us. God is working in us. God is working all things for my good. God is making a way for me. God is fighting for us. And today we end with God is doing a new thing with me. God is doing a new thing with me. I believe that God is doing a new thing 
for each one of us. He is a God of new mercies. He is a God of new grace. He is a God of new favor. And nothing he does gets old. Although time may uh, be building up on you, in reality, your experience with God will always be fresh. God is doing a new thing with me. Why don't you say that together uh, to yourself? Say, God is doing a new thing with me. Or say it as if you believe God is doing a new thing in you. How many of you really believe God is doing a new thing with you, through you, and for you? He's a God of new newness. And this morning we're going to explore that. Let's lay the foundation for our message. And that's going to be from Isaiah chapter 42, uh, verses 8 to 10. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8 to 10. To 10. I'm not going to really preach from it, but I'm using the text to lay foundation. And it reads, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I will tell you of them. Sing to the Lord a new song, and his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you coastlands and you inhabitants of them. Just want to draw attention to uh, some uh, phrases in this passage. Uh, and in verse 9, he says, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. New things I declare. The first thing I want you to note is that when God is doing a new thing in your life, he starts with a new word. He starts with a new word, a fresh word. What God is saying to me right now, not what he said last week, not what he said last year, but what is he saying now? God always has something new to say to us. And he says the new things before they spring forth. He'll tell you of them. In other words, God's new word comes ahead of the new thing that he's doing. Second thing I want you to note is that God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. After the new word is a new thing. New things I declare. What God is doing afresh in our life is always new. God will cause them to spring forth or to germinate. He says a new thing and he does a new thing. And he says the new thing is going to spring forth. It's going to sprout. It's like planting corn in the field. Um, most of you who have done so understand normally it takes about three days in our weather for corn that has been planted to germinate. So you plant the corn uh, in the ground and the next day the, the ground is flat and it's brown and there is no indication that something is happening. Day after that nothing is happening. But on the third day in the morning usually you wake up and you find that something has sprung forth. And that's what God is saying. He says that his word or his work will spring forth. The interesting thing is before it springs forth on the surface, it will look like nothing is happening. But underneath, something is happening. Uh, you only see it in time. May God cause his word to spring forth in our lives. And may he do something great and wonderful and marvelous with us. The third uh, phrase I want you to note. First, that there is a new word. There is a new thing. And then he says, sing to the Lord a new song. There is a new song. And the new song means that when God starts saying a new thing and doing a new thing in your life, you must also start seeing and saying new things. You must change your tune. You must change how you speak. You must change the words you use. Because God is said a new thing. He's doing a new thing. We sing a new song. Amen. Now with that as the foundation, I'm going to focus my message today from the book of Zachariah. Zachariah. Zachariah chapter number 2. Zachariah chapter number 2. 
Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Zechariah, it's the last but one book of the Old Testament. Zechariah, and the next book is the book of Malachi. Zechariah, chapter 2, from verses 1 to 5. Then I raised my eyes and looked, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. So I said, where are you going? And he said to me, to measure Jerusalem, to see what is its width and what is its length. And there was the angel who talked with me, going out, and another angel was coming out to meet him, who said to him, run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her and I will be the glory in her midst. Amen. Now, this is chapter 2 of the book of Zechariah. In chapter 1, uh, Zachariah sees two visions, and then this is the third vision, and it's recorded in chapter 2. In chapter 1, he sees a vision of a man who is riding a red horse, and the man comes with a message that everything is calm. Everything is calm. Everything is peaceful. Everything is all right. That's the first vision he sees. Then the second vision he sees, he sees horns, and the horns scatter Judah and Jerusalem. So I want you to imagine what he sees. The first vision, everything is peaceful. Second vision, things are being scattered. And then after things scattered, he saw God bringing people to mend what has been scattered. So the first vision, things are peaceful. Second vision, things are scattered, but God puts it together. So this is the third vision he's having. And usually it is called the vision of the man with a measuring line. The vision of the man with a measuring line. And so in this vision, he sees something interesting. And I just want to illustrate it a little so you have an idea of what Zachariah is, is seeing. There are four individuals in this vision. First, there is Zachariah himself. And second, there is a man who is running, a young man, running with a measuring line. Third, there is an angel who is speaking to Zachariah. And fourth, there is a second angel who comes to declare a message to Zachariah. Now, just for you to get a mental picture of what he's seen, I'm just going to illustrate that. And in the first service, uh, Reverend Okumin Mesa um, uh, just uh, kindly volunteered to be Zachariah. So uh, by his beard, we can say that uh, this is Zachariah indeed. <laughs> the prophet Zachariah. Now, so, so Zachariah is a man that God is showing this vision to. Uh, and, and then um, by Zachariah, there is an angel. There is an angel. And Gloria, can you come and be an angel? I like a woman angel. All right. So, so Gloria, you are the angel. All right. So are you getting it? So there is Zachariah. And God has sent an angel to talk to Zachariah and, and tell him things. And uh, whilst this is going on, Zachariah sees a man who is running with a tape. So you will come, come and collect the tape, a measuring tape. You're running, but don't run too fast. All right? So, so there is Zachariah, and there is the angel, and they see a man running with a measuring line, a measuring line. A measuring line is like a tape measure in our time. And then, whilst this is going on, a second angel appears. Who wants to be an angel? Who wants to be an angel? Eric. So, 
Now, they see the young man with a measuring line, and he's going to measure Jerusalem. And whilst he's going, this angel who is standing with Zachariah starts moving. Now you can go close to your husband. Okay. And, is go and, and starts moving because he's seen another angel coming. So the first angel who is standing here goes to meet that second angel. And the second angel tells the first angel, go and tell this man not to go and measure Jerusalem. He shouldn't measure Jerusalem. And I'll tell you why he says he shouldn't measure Jerusalem. But this is what is playing out. There is Zachariah. There is an angel. There's a man who is going to measure. There's a second angel who brings a message to go and tell this man, don't measure Jerusalem. Do you get a mental picture of what is going on? All right. So, Zachariah, uh, you can please sit down with the angels. All right. Okay. Now, I want you to keep that image in your head, as, and I'll read the passage again. And when I read it, because you have now seen it, you can mentally picture it. So, let's go back and read Zechariah chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. And it says, Then I raised my eyes and looked, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. So I said, Where are you going? And he said to me, To measure Jerusalem, to see what is its width, and what is its length? And there was the angel who talked with me going out. And another angel was coming out to meet him. Who said to him, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls. Because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. Amen. So, let's look at the significance of this vision, the, the meaning of it. The first is the measuring line. Everybody say a measuring line. A measuring line, as I have explained, is like what we today would call a tape measure. In the days of Zachariah, it wasn't a tape measure. It was a piece of rope with a standard length and you probably a cubit. So you measure one cubit and two cubits and so on and so forth. It's used for measurement. Now the measuring line that the young man is holding is for a purpose. And the purpose is to identify the old boundaries of Jerusalem. The old boundaries of Jerusalem. He's going to see where the old walls of Jerusalem used to be. Now, you have to understand what is going on. Jerusalem, when it was built by David, they built a wall around the city of Jerusalem. But when Nebuchadnezzar came to attack Jerusalem, he captured Jerusalem and one of the things that happened later was that the walls of Jerusalem were all broken down. So Jerusalem has now become a city or a town without walls. One of the main desires of the people who returned from the exile after they, they had been in exile, one of the main desires was to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So this man who is going to measure the Jerusalem is going to first look at where were the old boundaries, where were the walls, and what was the dimensions of the wall, how wide was it, and so on and so forth. He's going to measure the old wall. But not only is he measuring the old wall, he is now, because they want to rebuild the wall, he is about to set out the new dimensions for the new wall. So he wants to find out where the old wall was, and secondly, he wants to find out where the new wall is going to be. Are you, are you following me carefully? All right. So he's holding a measuring line. What's he going to do? He's going to measure. Where were the old walls? How long was it? He says he's going to measure the width and the length. How long was it? How wide was it? And the city of Jerusalem, how big was it? How far did it go? And now that we want to rebuild... How should we build it? Should we build a bigger wall? Should we build a smaller wall? What kind of wall are you going to build? Now, at this time, most of them wanted to build a smaller wall. 
because Jerusalem has been ransacked. Uh, there are no people living in the city. According to uh, references in the Bible, it had become a place for jackals. In other words, animals live there. People don't live there. Uh, not much is happening there. So if you're going to build a wall, uh, in the glory days, this is how far you went. Now that you are, you've lost everything, you wouldn't even think of building the walls as it was. You're trying to build a smaller wall. So note that there's a measuring line in his hands. A measuring line in his hands. Now, the measuring line always creates a boundary. Everybody say boundary. A boundary is a line that marks the limits of an area. A boundary. Our church property has a boundary. We have a wall around the church property. We cannot develop outside of the wall. Uh, most of you live in walled houses. That is one of the calamities of living in Ghana. Everybody has to build a wall. Because if you don't build a wall, you'll be sitting in your house and somebody will steal your land from you. So one of the first things everybody does when they buy a piece of land, wall it. Uh, so, but once you wall a, a property, you have created a boundary. A boundary says, this is how far you can go. This is how far you can go. So that is what the measuring line is going to tell uh, Jerusalem. This is how far you can go. You cannot go beyond this. So in this vision, the man is holding a measuring line. And the first angel and Zachariah see him with a measuring line. And Zachariah asks the man, where are you going? Everybody say, where are you going? Say one more time. Say, where are you going? Yeah. All right. That's the question he asked him. Where are you going? And the man says, I'm going to Jerusalem to measure the length and the breadth of Jerusalem. Where are you going? Now, note that he didn't ask, what are you doing? But where are you going? Where are you going? And, and that question is important because that question reveals three things that the vision is concerned about. One is location. Location is where you are focused. The place you have focused your attention to. It shows the spot that the man had in mind to measure. Each one of us has a spot, a location. And we say, oh, if I get to this spot, I think I'll be successful. If I'm able to do this, I think life will be good for me. There is a location in your mind. Where are you going? First is location. Second is direction. Direction. Which direction are you headed? What path are you following? This shows the path the man had chosen to go on. He was going somewhere. And the third has to do with position. The situation you are in. The kind of condition you are measuring. Now when we say that a person is, has a measuring line, it means he's measuring something. He's measuring something. Sometimes people have a measuring line and they measure themselves with other people. They measure themselves with other people. They measure themselves and say, well, this one has that. I don't have it. He's better than me, or I have it, he doesn't have it, I am better than him. People measure each other. Sometimes people measure their home with somebody's home. So they look at their house, and they look at the size of their house, and look at somebody's house, which is maybe three or four times bigger, and all of a sudden they feel very belittled. Why have they felt small? Because they have a measuring line. Sometimes people ma measure even their husbands. And unfortunately, people, uh, a lot of ladies measure their husbands by the pastor. Look at the way pastor treats Lady Joyce. And you, you, don't, you don't treat me that way. You don't treat me that way. You don't treat me. Are you Lady Joy? So people measure their husband, people measure their wives. So you, you, you look at this one, this woman cooks so well, you don't cook so well, she dresses better than you. That is all measuring lines. 
Sometimes people measure their children. Why can't you be like him? Why? He does so well in class. Each one of us, our parents told us that uh, there were people that were better than us in class. Ah, why don't you say, this one did well in math, this one did well in English, and you, and you are not doing well, and they never measure themselves. They forget that I have your genes. It, it is you. <laughs> you produce me. You produce the XY chromosomes, the two of you. You produce it. So if I can learn, who, 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 who did it? Measure yourself first. Anyway, hey, children, don't go and tell your parents to measure themselves. But what I'm saying is people measure their children. People measure their gifts with other people. This one has this, I don't have that. And, and so anytime we measure, we are determining how far we can go, how good we are, how much we can do. And that is what the, the man with the measuring line is about to do. He's about to measure to determine Israel, how far can you go? Judah, how much can you do? And just as he's about to do that, to measure, an angel appears. And that's very important. He's about to do something, an angel appears. Remember, there's already an angel on the scene. That angel has been speaking with Zachariah, but this second angel comes, obviously, with a fresh word, with a new message from heaven. And this angel comes, and he speaks to the first angel and says, Hey, run! When anybody tells you run, it means this is urgent. Run and tell the young man, he cannot measure Jerusalem. He's about to measure, but God says, don't measure. He says, don't measure. Tell the person that you don't measure. It's a very important message. And this message is so powerful that God had to send an angel to say something to a man who is about to do something that would disadvantage him for life. And the thing he's about to do to disadvantage him is he's about to measure. And God says, I have to stop him. Now, there's some interesting observation and it doesn't have much to do with the message, but just to draw your attention, uh, because you see angelic activity here. The first angel is with Zachariah, they talk, but he, can't, he doesn't have any message beyond a certain limited message he has for Zachariah. He's helping him to interpret the vision. That's all the angel can do. A second angel comes, he has a message the first angel doesn't have. That, that's very important, it just tells you angels don't know everything. Angels don't know everything. They are not omniscient. They are, they are not all-knowing. They are not God. They are very limited. So this first one doesn't know what God is about to say. He only knows the assignment he has been given. Stay with Zachariah and interpret things for him. The second angel who comes has a fresh word from God. Everybody say fresh word. But interestingly, he also cannot deliver it to the man. Because he doesn't have the mandate to tell that message to the man. So this, this second angel has to tell the first angel. So the first angel tells the young man. And it just gives you an idea that angels have spheres of influence. And they are limited in what they can do. Angels cannot do everything. They don't know everything. And they cannot talk to everyone. Some are just supposed to stand by and say nothing. Some are just fighting for you, but they can't carry a message for you. So this one is standing with Zachariah, but doesn't have a fresh word. The one who has a fresh word doesn't have authority to tell Zachariah. Or the young man himself. The first angel is the one who is telling him. Just 
just to give you an extra information about angels and how they work. Remember when I treated angels, I, I taught a bit on this. And when I, I've taught something and I, I see something, I just want to help you to put it together again and, and re renew or revise your understanding. So let's go back. So the angel, second angel says, God has a new message. God has a new direction. And the message is an urgent message in verse 4. He said, run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. Run, speak to this young man or that young woman, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. So much to pull out. So the message is threefold. First, is that Jerusalem shall be fully occupied. There will be full occupation. Jerusalem shall be inhabited. Though today nobody lives here, Though Nebuchadnezzar has emptied the land and has taken away the kings and the nobles into captivity, some have gone to Assyria, some have gone to Persia, God says, I will bring people back to Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be inhabited. And it's a message for somebody who used to have something, and all of a sudden you've lost it and you have nothing. You are zero. There is nothing again. And God says, I have a fresh word for you. I'm doing a new thing to you and for you and with you. You will be inhabited. Somebody say, I will be inhabited. Say, I will be inhabited. If you had something and you lost it, God is doing a new thing with you. Like Jerusalem, you will be inhabited. You will have it back. Numbers will come back. Size will come back. Increase will come back. Abundance will come back. Somebody say, I will be inhabited. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 
Testify to something like next to him. Tell him, I'm strong, I'm wise, I'm better, much better. When I look back over what he brought me through. I made it. 
I wish I had some help here. I wish I had just two or three people that would just declare it. great witness out there but never would I have made it without the Lord and I believe so strongly this morning you are aware you are awake today because the Lord sustained you like David said I slept I awake for the Lord sustained me it is this grace and his mercy that has kept us up until today and we have a reason to say thank you to the Lord 43 minutes after 7 on joy 99.7 FM we're together on the reason is Jesus the reason for our very very living and seasons of life and wherever you are Marvin Saps Marvin Saps song actually sounds it out for all of us this morning and I'm I'm putting it on repeat you know for a moment because never could I have made it without you, Lord. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't know. I, I don't know. I have a witness out there. I sure do. I have a witness out there. And you're singing this one together with me to the glory of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Stick and stay. Joy 99.7 FM. My name is Mike Niabosi. It's always a great joy to be here. But now I see how you were there.
somebody just need to testify to somebody next to him. Tell him, I'm strong. I'm wise. I'm better. Much better. When I look back over what he brought me through. Know that tonight. Oh. 
Escuchas ese rugido Sientes la experiencia de poder La emoción de la libertad Ya estás preparado Para vivir tu nueva aventura Nueva Ram 1500 Hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC Oh. 
saw the best in me when everyone else around me could only see the worst in me. That's somebody's testimony. That's the one sorry you're at right now. Our time is exactly what uh, two ministers taught the hour on joy 99.7. This is another one though to share with you this morning. And uh, uh, God favored me. This is um, Hezekiah Walker. And of course, he, he did one, this one together with uh, Marvin Sapp and DJ Rogers. Fight of my enemies. This is still Joy 99.7. In just a moment, though, we're going to be entering the Joe newsroom, bringing a little update to news. Uh, and of course, I'll bring the song back, never mind. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir. Tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. <tose> 